going to transition into a time of communion.
Daddy would just begin to focus on the elements. There are many times that we take communion. We don't really think about what we're holding, the power that is in what we're holding. we look at it and it's a place of sadness because we think about the brokenness that he walked through. But he was an overcomer. <laughs> he overcame death. And so today I want our focus to be on what is true. And that's kind of when I was asking the Lord, what am I supposed to share about communion and he said I just want the truth to be known the truth of what my body and the blood does so we know that the Lord is calling us to a higher place and in order to do that we're going to have to do some things we're going to have to break off some things and so right now, before we ever even start, we're going to break off the spirit of delay. It can come in the form of pride. It can come in the form of rebellion. But as I was researching it this week, and in a book I was reading, it shared that in a dream, the spirit of delay had gone into a room and was speaking to the people in the room and, and he was trying to convince them that there was some get-rich-quick scheme and the Christians were running over to it. And so the man that was having the dream in the dream after the businessman left, he said, what was his name? And she said, well, he didn't give his name. And he said, you demand his name. You demand to know who he is. So when the businessman walks back in the room, she asked him his name and he smirked at her. And he said, I go by many names. He said, I'm pride. I'm rebellion. I'm Beelzebub. And so there are times in our life when God delays us for a good purpose because he's growing us. But today, we're just speaking to any delay that has hindered you from where God wants to take you. So, Father God, we thank you that right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, the spirit of delay is broken off every individual here, Father God. It's broken off their mind. It's broken off their hearts, Lord Jesus. It will not stay any longer. We break the spirit of delay off this church, Father God. We break the spirit of delay off our city, Father God. And we break the spirit of delay off our nation, Father God. Because we know that you have called America to be a great nation under God. So we have to ask ourselves, do we want to be set apart? Because the bride is set apart. 
And nothing that he asks us for is too much to give. There's nothing. It's all his. He wants to know, do we want him as much as he wants us? We're going to have to do the work to be delivered from the lies and the wounds the enemy has bound to our hearts. We're going to have to spend time in his presence so we can hear what he's telling us, so we can step forward into the obedience that God is calling us to. There's nothing that the blood can't cleanse. So I was listening to this week as someone was sharing, and they said, why is it that we look at the blood of Jesus many times like it's a Clorox wipe? It'll kill 99.9%, but there's that point one that we hold on to and we think that the blood isn't enough. So search this morning in your heart. What is the point one percent that you have been holding on to that you say that the blood hasn't been enough to cleanse? Because it cleanses everything. The enemy wants us to be blinded by what we have in our hands. He wants to steal it. And he's a liar. So when you hear shame and guilt and condemnation and accusations that come against you in your mind, if you hear that I'm unworthy, think about where that comes from. The enemy wants you to hear that because Jesus' blood says you are worthy. So when you hear the lie, you speak to the liar and you tell him by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are 100% cleansed. There is nothing that you experienced five days ago, five minutes ago, 10 years ago, that the blood isn't able to cleanse. So before we partake, I'm going to read 1 John 2, 20 through 23. You have been given an anointing, a special touch from the Holy One. You know the truth. I'm not writing to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it. You know that no lie belongs to the truth. So I thank you, Father God, today as we hold the elements of your body and your blood in our hands. We know that no lie belongs to you, Jesus. Only truth belongs to us through the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, I bless, Father God, the body, and I bless the blood, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that we can take it as often as we choose to remember you. And Lord, I pray that as we take it, Father God, each and every time it's in our hands, we remember the truth, that we are fully cleansed, we are fully healed, and we are fully whole. 
that we are missing nothing and nothing is broken within us and that we know that there is no lie in you, the truth. You may partake of the body. Thank you that your body was broken for our healing. So just as we ingest the body today, Lord, I thank you that healing is washing over every person in here, Father God. The healing truth of Jesus Christ and who you are. We thank you, Lord, for your blood that was spilled out on the cross. We thank you for the forgiveness that comes through it, Lord. We thank you that your forgiveness came to each and every one of us. You may partake in the wine. Father God, you are holy and you are righteous and you are worthy, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, that you meet us here today as we are gathered together and that what we hear today is truth, that we know the truth of your love, we know the truth of your sacrifice, we know the truth of your heart. We bless you, God, and we honor you in Jesus' name. You guys can stand and sing with us again. to 
Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you as the darling of heaven. We worship you as 100% God in the same substance, one with the Father. crucified before the foundations of the world. The Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. The firstborn among many. we recognize that you are seated at the right hand of the Father in your rightful place exalted above every name above every kingdom of the earth you weren't just a man who said some good things you were 100% man and 100% God just because we can't understand that doesn't make it not true. Thank you, Jesus, that you are holy and anointed, that you are the name above every name. By you, all things are created, and without you, nothing would exist. You are the Logos Word of God. And most exciting of all, that you are a risen Savior. We choose to honor you this morning, Jesus. can be seated. So before we move into a time of giving, um, I'm going to testify for a minute don't have permission from my husband, but I have a permission from the Lord, so we're going to roll with that, that it's okay to share. Um, so I was sharing earlier today, and, and I want this to be a faith builder. I want this to be a place where when you hear it, it encourages you. Um, we want to be transparent as much as possible. <laughs> Brett's looking at me. Y'all should see his eyes. <laughs> He's like, what's she going to say? Um, we want to be as transparent as possible. Um, but there is a place where, you know, you step out in obedience and you're not really sure what's going to happen, right? It's like you kind of go, okay, Lord, like if you make a way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. So the plans were made to take the tent to Texas. Um, and the tent team went, and there were a couple of others here that went with us. And then, of course, our family went 
But we just finished, um, you know, remodeling a house, and that's not cheap. So, and I have expensive taste, so that probably made it worse. Um, but, you know, when we left, we had a set number in our account. And we were just like, God, you're going to make a way. Like, we had enough points that we could fly our whole family down and back for free. Um, but we were just trusting him. And we didn't know what it was going to look like. And so that spirit of delay that I was sharing about, it's been on us for a minute. <laughs> um, so there's there's been financial things that were coming our way, but they were jammed up. They were stuck. I mean, like, we could see it, but we couldn't get our hands on it. It was, was ours, but it wasn't making its way to us um, due to an attack of the enemy. But you know what? God is so good, so I'm testifying to the goodness of God is what I want you to hear, and I want to, again, build your faith. Um, we show up in Texas. We arrived on a Saturday, and then I think um, on a Tuesday, on Tuesday. We had set up the tent Monday and Tuesday, gone to church down there on Sunday. Um, we got a phone call from a close friend that we've been praying for um, because her family had walked through something that was difficult financially. And, you know, we were encouraging her. We'd been praying for her because she wanted, I mean, she was irritated. And we were like, listen, you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. He's going to provide. He's going to come through. And so on Tuesday, we get a phone call one, some money that we were supposed to have to go into the bank didn't go in um, while we were there. And I'm like, <coughs> and, you know, Brad's like, are you crying? And I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> so there's this place where I take a minute, you know, and I have to I have to process. But the phone rings, and it's our friend. And she says, I know you're out of town, but I have to testify to you. She said, God has came through in a mighty way for us, more than what we expected and more than we deserve, but he is a good God. And she said, I will not stop talking about it. So this is why I have to tell you <laughs> the same thing. Um, so I get off the phone with her, and, you know, there's that place where I'm excited for her, and I'm so glad because we've been praying for it, but then I'm going, okay, Lord, so I'm going to need the same thing from you. need you to show up. And he always does, and it's not in our timing. Um, and that may have even been on Wednesday. But so the very next day, at the end of the night after service, we get back to the, to the Airbnb that we were staying at, that the Lord had provided for us. So that was amazing. Um, Brad said, hey, I need to talk to you a minute. And I was like, oh, gosh. And so um, I walked in, and he opened up a check. Somebody we didn't know at all walked up and handed him a significant amount of money. <laughs> and it was said, this isn't for your church, this is for you. This is what the Lord told me I'm supposed to do for you. He said, I don't know your situation, but I know that the Lord told me you have a need, and I'm meeting the need. <laughs> Blown away. So... Um, you know, I just share that as, the, as a faith builder because we all need encouragement. There are times where we're all walking through something we don't know, you know, what, so, I mean, sometimes we do share and we know that we all have struggles, but sometimes we're able to share and sometimes, you know, maybe we feel private and that we can't share those things. Um, but 
y'all had covered our entire month's bills. And, and then I had also told the Lord about two months prior before we went to Texas that I had desired to go to Portland, Oregon to, um, to a conference there. But I was like, Lord, I don't know how that's going to happen. You're going to have to make a way. But if you make a way, I'll go. Well, he clearly he made a way, right? I mean, he took care of everything else, and he's like, okay, go. And again, don't know how it happened, only God. Everything, all my expenses were covered. Even like when I showed up, my room was covered when I got there. So, you know, I just share that in a place where we thought we were going because the Lord was calling us to be obedient, the Lord had something in it for us. And it's not always monetary. But it, it wasn't about the money as much as it spoke to my heart of that I see you and I know and the struggles that you've been walking through and the things that you've been experiencing. I'm making a way for you. And you may have to go to Texas to get it, but I'm making a way for you. And so um, he's just so good. He is so good. So um, you know, we're going to move into a time of giving if the, the ushers want to um, come. The grace offering is still open um, for the month of July. Connection is one thing that we focus on here. Connection with Jesus, but also individually. It's our heart to be connected. But generosity is the second thing that we say is the heartbeat of the church. We want to be a generous people. And I can't tell you the fire that has been started in me to give away through what I just saw. You know, it was like, oh, my goodness, Lord, you like you are so good. And I know that he is calling us to a place of bless, bless, bless. So whatever that looks like, this isn't about I don't what you give is between you and the Lord. But just make sure you're listening. Make sure you're obedient. Because that person that stood in front of Brad said, the Lord told me, and that's why I'm handing this to you. You don't know us. has no reason to hand us that other than the Lord put it on his heart. So we're going to pray for our offering. So, Father God, we thank you that you are a good, good God, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for your grace and your mercy that is so undeserved, Lord. But you're a good daddy. And just like we bless our kids when they ask for things, sometimes when they don't, we just, we want to bless them. And sometimes they ask and ask and ask, and I know that's who we are, Lord Jesus. There are many times that we come, Lord, and we just ask and ask and ask. But you're such a good daddy that you want to give us everything that we ask for. You protect our hearts, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for an opportunity to give back. We thank you for the opportunity that this grace offering that we are taking up, even as we speak about we are a church of generosity, Lord, that we have an opportunity to pour into someone else, Lord, that doesn't know that it's coming. I mean, what a blessing. It's just like, just like it was for us and just like it was for my friend. The sweetest place is knowing that our God is providing for us, and it comes in the most unusual ways. Lord, I thank you that you are our provider. 
And I thank you, Lord, Father God, for, for everyone in here. I bless their home. I bless their finances, Father God. I pray that you bless the socks off of us, Father God, that, that we, you know, have the opportunity to give so much this year that it is above and beyond what we could imagine, Lord, because we know that you're doing big things with that. And we aren't just going to take the money and hold it, Lord. We're going to use it to further the kingdom, Father God. That is what it's about, Father God, furthering the kingdom, touching hearts, touching lives. So we bless you, Lord, this morning, and we just thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Um, as they're taking up the offering, the two announcements that we have um, is on July 30th, which is is that two Sundays from now? Okay, then we will be um, we'll be outside having our summer bash, um, or the end of summer bash, the 30th. That's at 10:30, and it will be out under the pavilion. We will have um, food, and there will be music. Um, and then the other thing is identity first, and that's August 5th and 6th, I believe. Um, amazing. If you have not signed up and you plan to come, you don't have to be at the whole thing. If you can just come and you know, to bits and pieces of it throughout the weekend, your life will be changed. It's well worth it. Um, we have been partnering uh, with Transformation Ministries for probably about um, six or seven years now. Brad and I have um, been involved with them, and Denise and Ginger are amazing. I know many of you know them, but for those of you who don't, you want to know them. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So you may be asking, and, and many of us, uh, man, have seen over the last, man, look at that home screen, have seen on, on, uh, online, there has been updates and there has been, um, man, have you guys been enjoying the, the midweek updates online and seeing the things online? And Come on, praise the, t yeah, come on. Uh, uh, I mean, it, thank God for, thank you for, yeah, but also. I want you to know there's more than just Brie, you know. Um, Tanner's been working very hard, and, uh, man, God is just so good. I love these updates. Just like you see on the on the TV right there, it shows you. I don't even know how to work most of those things. But, man, God is good. But you may be wondering what all the, all the decorations are about. You may, you know, maybe you didn't see online what – uh, what was coming, and we are entering into a teaching, a season of teaching about the bride of Christ, and uh, it's not anything that I've ever heard. I've never heard a, a sermon series. Uh, 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 Miss Judy was telling me the same thing. She was saying, well, I've never, I don't remember anybody ever teaching, and, I, and, and I've never read a book on it. I've never, I've never heard a teaching on it. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus has wrecked me. Jesus has wrecked me, and he's been speaking to me about this for many months, and I'm excited to share it with you over the next six weeks. We're going to continue in this season, this season of teaching, this series of teaching about the bride of Christ. So we set it up like a, like a wedding, uh, and uh, a team of people helped us to, to put this together. So let's give them a round of applause, too. It's really pretty in here. We're going to continue to, en to enjoy this. Um, before, And we're going to leave that. You can relax, Cheryl, for a minute. We're going to leave that on the screen. But I want to testify as well um, about some of the things that, that we experienced in, in Houston. We went and um, we, and I'm still processing that. If you ever wonder, like, you know, I hadn't seen Pastor Brad and Pastor Shannon in a month. And I'm, you know, if you're like, what are they doing? And you're picturing this vacation. Um, 
man, God just doesn't always work that way. You know what I mean? And we wanted to go on this vacation. In our mind, even in the natural, we were thinking that it was going to look a certain way. But it just didn't look that way. As a matter of fact, what happened was God, like, put jumper cables on us. And, it was, and, and, and he just literally wrecked us and showed us this, this side of himself that, that has... That, has taken us to a whole new level with him, and, and that's what God is doing in this place. Like, as we come back, um, we want to encourage each and every person that is here and that can hear us, and if you're online watching, we welcome you this morning uh, into this season of teaching and, and this season of understanding. But I want to testify about Houston for a minute. We went, and I can't talk long because I'm going to get in uh, to kind of just, just the overlying theme of the Bride of Christ so that you can understand uh, where the teaching is coming from over the next uh, month and a half. But I also um, want to testify about Houston in that when we went, um, we didn't really know all the people that we were going to be with. God knew. And I just want that to hit home for you for a minute. I want you to know that when God calls you to a, a place or a space or when he calls you to minister, he calls you to love, or he calls you to give, or he calls you to step out in faith, I just want you to understand you can't experience what he has unless you go and you do. And, and through obedience always, always uh, comes um, favor. Like when we're obedient to Christ, we're going to walk in favor. When we're obedient to God, favor is going to come into our lives. We're going to experience blessing. Blessing is always the outcome of obedience. Can I get a witness? And we don't, we don't, we're not obedient just so that we can be blessed, but it's exactly what happens. Just as Shannon says, when we went down there, we didn't know all the things that we would, that we would, I mean, we, you ever been on a mission trip? And this is the closest kind of um, example that I can give you, but you know, you go on this mission trip and you go and you're like, man, we're about to bless these people and we're going to serve these people and we're going to love these people and we're going to give to these people and all these things are about to happen. But when you go to that mission trip on the mission field, man, you come back after being gone for seven or nine or ten days and you're like, man, I was so blessed by that. I was going and I was fully capable and willing and ready to bless all these people, but I came home and I was the one that was blessed. Man, that's how, God, that's how the economy of God works. And so we didn't go down there to be blessed, but man, I'm going to tell you what, when we went, you know what we found? We found our people, and one thing at the end uh, of the first week, because we didn't know the second week was going to even happen, but at the end of the first week, our tent team and, and a couple of the girls uh, that were with us and our family were sitting at this big table at a seafood restaurant, and, and it was like the last supper of, of, the, of our trip, and we were leaving the next day, and... And, and, but we were sharing all the things that, that, like our favorite thing from the trip. But for me, the favorite thing was that we, we went all the way to Houston, Texas. We went all the way to Baytown, Texas. And it was there that we found people, and they were our people. Like I was just wrecked. It. I'm like, Lord, how can, I, how can I go a thousand miles from home and find our people? Like, these people look just like New Heights people. They were, and I'm going to tell you what we experienced was people that were committed. Say that to your neighbor. Say that word, committed. 
And I'm talking about committed, spirit-filled people. I'm talking about people that walk in authority like nobody else. I'm talking about people that get up every morning and their first priority is to hit their knees and pray. I'm talking about women and men that are so overwhelmed with the presence of God, they'll do anything to get it. I'm talking about people that live in a, in a way of generosity that would blow your minds. I mean, a level of commitment of these people, it has transformed even me. And not only that, but it's affirmed what God has done in me. And sometimes we feel like that, that, you know what, the things of God and the ministry of God and sometimes, sometimes doing ministry is killing the work of God in us. But I want to tell you something. That's when God will send other believers that you can be encouraged by and that you can see their example and you can know that God is good. <sighs> and we went down and even in that first week there was... There was, uh, you know, uh, over um, uh, there was over sixty people that had responded in the first week for salvation and rededication. In the first week, anybody? Ah. In the first week, there there was there was over fifty baptisms. In the first week, we saw this mighty movement of God. But I, but what we found was people just like us, man. These people, man, they do communion every day. They do communion, and Lord, that my prayer is that that would be us, that we would be the committed people, that, that, that even as we, as we start understanding being the bride of Christ, what does it mean? It means that, you know what, we do things that other people don't do. We don't look like the world. We're the bride. We're the bride. We're set apart. We're different. But listen to this. So, so I, that week I, I told, I'm telling you, the story gets even better. So that 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 week uh, at the end, I told Pastor Callie um, and her sisters, Pastor Cindy, they are sweet ladies. They call them hoot and holler. Hoot and holler. That's why they're also our people. Hoot and holler. But I'm going to tell you what, they, are, they walk in authority like nobody's business, son. Whew. But I told Pastor Callie, I said, Pastor Callie, if you want me to come back and preach again, I'll come. You just give me the word. While I was there the first week, I got to meet a, a gentleman that was just overwhelmed with the spirit of gem- generosity. And Shannon just testified to some of the things that he did in our life. But I knew, as he told me, he told me about his family, and he told me about his church, and he told me about his walk. He, he told me about all these things in his life. But the most beautiful thing was he told me, he said, everything that I have belongs to him. And every dollar is his. And I will make sure till my last dying breath that he gets everything he deserves. Well, this tent team down there, they were praying. And listen, she's already set up dates. She, I mean, they're, they're bound and determined. They loved our tent. They wanted all of the things that, that we have. They wanted all the, the trust and the lighting and all the, just they wanted everything set up. Just like we, I mean, I'm, the anointing was crazy. I'm going to tell you the first night, I mean, the very first night in the tent, it started with the glory of God. That's a first. We've set that tent up a lot of times, but I'm going to tell you all something. As, as soon as worship was over, people flooded the altar before the first word was ever preached in our tent down there and there were people slain in the spirit and people coming forward and people giving their lives and people dedicating there were families that were coming down and they were hitting their knees together I mean I'm talking about the spirit of God fell in that place and I mean it happened suddenly I want to I mean I want to tell you something church listen to this it's happening it's happening in our time 
You know, you don't see these things. You see these things on, on the news that are all this negative news. But I'm going to tell you something. Pastor Greg Laurie preached this week. Say that with me. This week. And 4,000 people in that same Horseshoe Beach were baptized this week. Can we praise God? I, I mean, biblical proportions. There are things that are happening. It is happening in our lifetime. I just want to tell you, this might be a little too weird for you, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to have to give you this word, get used to it. I mean, there was one lady, the second time I went and, and preached, I mean, there was one lady that, that she came forward. I, I, through all of the things that were happening in the glory in the front, I heard someone getting sick. And when I finally found her, I saw that it was this lady that had acted really weird. But it turns out when she came forward, she had demons. And I'm going to tell you all something. She started to get sick, and they finally got a bag to her, and she puked out a bag full of demons. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and, but, and you hear about these things, but I'm telling you, they're happening in our lifetime. She looked different. She walked different. She was delivered and set free. Can I get a witness from the congregation? I mean, it happened right before my eyes. There's pictures, and you'll see them. We, we, we've already secured the, the, the website, tntentrevivals.com. TNTentRevivals.com. It's already secured. We're going to set up a website, and, and the Lord's about to start setting fires in this state. Let me go back to the story. When I told Pastor Callie, I said, if, I go, if you want me to come back and preach again, I'll come back. But I knew, I knew that if she called, it was a sign. Because the man that I was talking to you about that, was so, that had such a generous spirit, I knew that the Lord was working on him. The Lord was doing a mighty work in that man. I knew I was supposed to spend time with him. I knew that I was supposed to be with him. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you, if you ever call me, and I didn't tell anybody else this, it's just a conversation, but I said, Lord, if, you if, you, if she calls me back, I'll go and I'll preach, but I'll also spend an entire day with my brother. And no longer than we were home for 24 hours, they, they called and they said, we're flying Brad back, he's preaching on Wednesday. And I knew, I was, I mean, I was so encouraged and so, and so excited to go back and preach and to watch God move. But even more so, I knew that the Lord was saying, he was talking about, about my brother and he was saying, this is about to happen. So I called him and I said, I said, brother, I, I'm, they, they're, they're flying me back. I'm preaching on Wednesday. But I said, better than that, I said, I'm going to spend the whole day Thursday with you. And he was so excited. He said, he said, man, I can't wait. I'm going to show you all these things. And he, he owns a lot of dealerships down there. And he, and, and he has all, these, all this stuff that God's done in his life. And he, he, he said, I can't wait for you to come and just spend the day with me. Wednesday night was powerful. I preached on Wednesday, and they flooded the altar. I mean, they flooded the altar. It's so much so that we lost count of baptisms. We know there was over 70, but there were so many people that were being baptized we can no longer keep count. So many people were coming down. There were drug dealers that came down and they repented and they changed their ways. There was a John the Baptist anointing of repentance in the tent. And people were coming down and they were giving their lives to the Lord. And they, not, they were repenting of their sins. They knew that there needed to be a change in the ways and the things that they had done. And it was the most beautiful thing you could ever experience. I'm going to tell you what you think I'm crying now. The last day I was there, I never stopped crying. 
I never, the whole day, it was ridiculous. I cried until I went to bed that night. I was in Waffle House with, with my brother and, 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 and Pastor Callie that, that night, and I was praising God and praying out loud. There was these people from the tent on the other side of Waffle House, and, he had, and one of them had a shirt on and said, God, Jesus. And I'm like, hallelujah, brother. And I said, I'm praying for the anointing to fall in this place and every man and woman in Waffle House to be saved. I'm, and I'm crying. These people probably think I'm crazy. But it was happening, right? It, it, was, it was those those biblical proportions, like the like the, the the spirit of God was so sweet in the entire city. It was anointed at Waffle House. Can I get a witness? I was crying in my waffle. The omelet was good, but the tears were flowing. Huh. But I want to tell I want to tell you guys this. So so that next day. I spent the, the day with my brother, and he kept telling me he has another church home. And he said, man, I just feel like God's, God wants me to buy a tent. And that morning, we, I had called and gotten pricing from our tent manufacturer. And this is not my chance, guys. When I called, I said, call me back. Her name is Mercedes. I said, Mercedes, call me back with the prices, 40 by 80, 40 by 120, five center poles, just like ours. What's the lead time? She called back. She said, Pastor Brad, not only is it, and it was an amazing price, by the way. The big tent, five center poles, just like ours, $20,500, including shipping. She called it the Texas Discount. They're in Waco, right? And she, these are for the Texas Tent Revivals. Their website is txtentrevivals.com. Huh. Guys, I want to tell you something. That, that day, I, I was spending the day with my brother, and, I kept, and he kept saying, I feel like I'm supposed to buy this tent, and I'm going to set it up at our church. And, 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 and the Lord told me, he said, Brad, tell him. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. He said, Brad, tell him to exercise his money. Tell him to exercise his money. And I said, brother, what I feel like God is saying is that you are supposed to buy a tent, but it's not supposed, and this, this man took me, he owns commercial properties all over the city, all over the area. This man owns properties as far, I mean, he's like a tycoon. This man is, the God has blessed him generously because he is a conduit of blessing. Can I get a witness? Anybody in here? I, I'm telling you, you, you watch and see that, that God won't bless you, but I'm, I'm going to tell you this. He, he had this stuff sitting everywhere, and he had all this equipment and all these buildings and all these dealerships, but I just saw, I said, that, that tent might get set up a few times, but I feel like you're, the Lord is saying exercise your money and invest it and then sow, buy the tent, buy the big tent, not the 40 by 80, buy the five center pole tent and, and bless TexasTentRevivals.com, bless this, this new ministry and let them set it up over and over and over and over and over and let people get freedom and salvation that they would be delivered and set free. Come on. <sighs> and he said, I'm, I'm going to pray about that. I'm going to pray about that. And that night, that night, at the end of the night, um, Pastor Callie's husband, Bob, was going to stay at the tent. So I was going back to her house because I was staying with them. And it ended up being me and my brother and, and Callie standing there. And she said, I'm starving, which is what happened every night. We ate at 10 o'clock. I'm telling you, I've gained 10 pounds over the last month. We've ate terrible, but, man, God is good. But I, I want to tell you this, that. That night, we ended up going to Waffle House, and that's when it all happened. 
But he, but he, look, he looked up and he said, Pastor Callie got to share her vision. You, you ever hear somebody's vision? You know it's God when somebody shares their vision and you're hitting the brakes. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, people do that to me all the time. I mean, I'm usually the one, y'all, everybody, y'all, or it's like, Pastor Brad, that's too much. Pastor Brad, you can't do that. Pastor Brad, slow down. I'm like, I'm like, the, I'm like the, at the Macy's Day Parade, the big float, you know what I'm saying? And, and, like, all the strings are coming down, and all of y'all are, like, holding on, like, Pastor Brad, slow down. Pastor Brad, stop. If y'all think I'm bad, wait till y'all meet Pastor Callie. She's coming here. <laughs> but you, yeah, because she's telling me her vision, and while she's telling me her vision, I'm holding the rope. I'm pulling back. I'm hitting the brakes. I'm like, whoa, Pastor Callie, you can't do that. That's too much. She, and she's like, my vision is that we're going to go all over Texas and we're going to set tents up, but we're going to light fires that will never be extinguished. She said, so much so that we're going to train people just like New Heights has come and trained us, and we're going to bring a tent to town, we're going to train the pastors up, we're going to get them set a fire, and then we're going to leave the tent. Woo! I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but my brother, he looked up. I'm crying the whole time. I never quit crying that whole day. The spirit was so sweet that day in the tent. I mean, the spirit was so amazing. It was just like my heart was just melted. But he looked up and he said, I want to be part of this thing on the ground floor. I want to be foundation that Jesus can use and stand upon and I want to buy the entire tent and I want to donate it he said but I want you to listen to this I fully expect to buy multiple tents every year So the tent is, is in Houston. It got delivered. When Mercedes called me back, she said, we have the tent. The tent is this much, and they're already in stock. We can ship them now. Let me tell you something, team. Listen to this. They're setting the new tent up. The new tent that God just provided is getting set up in less than 48 hours. Woo! God is doing it again. God is doing it again. They're in Brazoria County now. And, but listen to this. They've already set up eight dates there's one more this year already. After this one, there's going to be another one in the fall. There's eight dates next year, and 24 tent revivals have already been scheduled in 2025. Praise God. Come on. And, and, but here's, here's what I need you to hear. What I need you to hear is that all of those things came from your generosity. All of that, all the families on their knees, demons fleeing, people coming down, repentance, entire families being baptized, people being moved so much they come down and say, how much is this tent? I'm buying the whole thing. 
people that experienced the, the graciousness and the generosity of this church. They, they, they came and they said, you know what, we want to do this. And we want to do it not only once, but twice a month for a year. People, I mean, ministries, they want to they go to the border and they want to minister. And Jesus says, listen, what you do for the least of these is what you do unto me. I mean, they're setting up tent revivals that are going to be at the border. And they're going to do it in Spanish. And they're going to love people. And they're going to minister to people that don't have anything. They've probably left everything behind. But that doesn't matter. They're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because Jesus has told them to do it. They're not doing it. It's a no-name movement of God. God is going to begin to move in a way that's overpowering all the things that you've ever seen or experienced before. Things are being set forth in this church. There's a sign out front that says freedom over oppression. And listen to this. We're not going to be held back or held down. We're going to walk in freedom because where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. But all, Amen. That is my favorite witness of all time. That is my favorite witness for sure. So there will be more. There, there's hundreds of pictures. There, there are things that, but I'm telling you something. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you that God is about to set Tennessee on fire. God is about to set this state on fire. We are going to start walking. My brother's coming here as well. Yeah. Amen. But Tennessee's going to be set on fire. There's going to be there's going to be tents set up all over this state and there will be tents that will be bought and left behind. There will there will be tents in East Tennessee, West Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, Jackson Tennessee. Can I get a witness from anybody in Tennessee? So I want to move in just to this teaching, and, and I, don't, I know I don't have long, but I had, to, I had to just tell you. At the end, let me just tell you this. Over 100 people, we lost count of people that, that came forward and gave their life. We lost people. We lost count. We, we'll do better. We may not. I don't know. I mean, what happens? How do you count 4,000 people, Hank? How do you do that, right? I mean, so maybe we won't do better. Maybe, but I'm going to tell you what. We're, it, the Lord's going to do more. But there was over 100 people that gave their lives to Christ that rededicated their life in the last two weeks in over 70 baptisms. So let's praise God one last time for that. I want to tell you about the bride of Christ. And I'll tell you that, that, that this, could be, this could be a little weird uh, for some men in the room. And uh, I just want to break that off in Jesus' name. I want to break that off in Jesus' name. I, so I was asking the Lord. I said, Lord, so the bride of Christ, this is a teaching that you want me to teach. This is, you know, you're showing me this. And I said, but Lord, I need you to show me more about it. Why, Lord? Because, and listen, do you know you can ask the Holy Spirit? You can ask him questions, and, and you can say things and, say, and, and get him to explain. The Holy Ghost will explain to you what the Scripture says. If you're still enough, and that's one of the biggest downfalls of many of us, that we're not still enough for long enough. Can I get a witness? Still enough for long enough. And I'm going to tell you something, church. Many times when I sit with the Lord, it's 45 minutes before the heavens open. Sometimes it's over an hour. But I'm going to tell you something else. Whenever the heavens open, I can't, walk, I can't write fast enough. But I asked Jesus I, Jesus, I said, Jesus, why did you choose 
to, to, to label it? Why did you choose to use this analogy? Why did you choose to use the bride of Christ? Lord, why did you? Because you could have called it so many different things. But Jesus, there's a point. There's a reason. Why the bride? Why are we called the bride? And he told me. He said, because every lady desires to be a bride that is set apart for her husband. And every man knows exactly what he would desire in a bride. I'm going to let that set in for a minute. Jesus, why did you use the bride? Why is the bride important? And it, and it seems like that it's, uh, that it's only one-sided. It seems like, oh, well, the women can understand that. And Jesus said, no, that's, not, that's, that's a lie from the enemy because every man knows exactly what he would desire in his bride. And every lady knows what she would, the, 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 the wife and the spouse and the bride that she desires to be for her husband. Every person, listen, even though, this, even though there's toil in the, in the ceiling and, and fancy string lights and, and, this, and this arbor that's built behind, listen, that may seem like it's a little bit feminine, but I'm going to tell you something, church. We can't be the church that says, that, 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 that preaches and speaks against gender confusion. We're, we're not going to be the church that says, listen, we're not going to be gender confused. We, we know that we're men. We know that we're women. We know that we were made, that we were made for a purpose. We know that a marriage is a man and a woman. We're not gender confused. And therefore, we know who we are. And if we know who we are, then a teaching on the bride of Christ doesn't intimidate us because we are secure in who we are. See, we can't say it out of both sides. We can't, we can't say, well, well that, those things are a lie from the enemy, but then we buy into the lie when it comes to this teaching on the bride of Christ and we say, oh, well, that's for the ladies. No, it's for you because the Bible says it is. That we are described as the bride of Christ. And if we understand what the bride of Christ is, we're men. And listen, our wives are ladies. That we are in a commitment, in a covenant with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That we are in a commitment, in a covenant with the God, the Father in our marriages. We can understand what it means to have a good and, and committed bride. And, and brides in the room, or ladies in the room, or young ladies in the room, you, you know exactly what it means to be a committed bride. We're not confused in, in who we are. We know exactly what God is calling us to be. Isaiah 54 verse 5, look what it says on the board with me. For your maker, your husband is your maker. And his name is the Lord of armies. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. And he's called the God of the entire earth. I, I want to just tell you, let's stop for a minute and let's just pray. Let's pray. Father, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. I, Lord, I thank you. 
that revelation is coming to our house. I thank you that that even that that this new understanding of the bride of Christ that we could understand the reason, Lord, that the the enemy hates this teaching is because of the commitment level of the church. But just as we're about to see in Revelation that the things of Satan, the strongholds of Satan are broke down in the mighty name of Jesus through the blood of Jesus. When we commit ourselves to him, when we say yes, Lord, that we are yours and you are ours, when we uh, uh, declare in the natural that, Lord, our maker is our husband, that we are committed to you, that tears down every barrier. So, Lord, I just pray that we would continue to surrender more places and the keys of the kingdom would be ours. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. I want to just tell you that as the prophet Isaiah, leave that up there for a minute. As the prophet Isaiah wrote these words, I want to tell you how important it was to have a husband. How, so, so in the Old Testament, this is before Jesus. This is before the Gospels. This is before the New Testament. This is during the Old Covenant. But how important was it to have a husband? Without a husband, is a female walking the earth at that time, a husband was necessary to own land. A husband was necessary to have a voice. A husband was necessary to have wealth. Uh, y'all with me? But the prophet Isaiah was speaking these things and he was saying, indeed, you look like or you, or you believe in the, in the natural that you need a husband. But let me tell you who your husband really is. Israel, men and women of God, let me tell you who your husband really is. God Almighty is your husband. And because he is your husband, wealth is yours. Prosperity is yours. Health is yours is yours. The goodness of God is yours. Provision is yours. He's saying that your husband is not in the natural. Your husband is the maker of heaven and earth, the Lord of armies. He's the Holy One of Israel. Your husband is your redeemer. Your husband is called the God of the entire earth. Can I get a witness from the congregation? Whoa. And because, and listen, I want to just talk to you for a minute about the bride and this teaching, the bride of Christ. Just let's put those two words, the bride. Say that with me, the bride. I want to describe the bride. Can I describe the bride for a moment? And this is all from the heavenlies. I want to tell you that, that this, is from, this is from Jesus. I saw this, but as I saw these things, you know what else I saw? I saw my sweet wife. My sweet wife was, I want to tell you something. My wife has been with me for 30-something years, bless her heart. And I'm going to tell you what, there was, there was over, there was almost half of that where I was living like I shouldn't be living. And I was doing things I shouldn't be doing. But I'm going to tell you something. As I, as I started understanding who the bride was, every time the Lord began to reveal those things about the bride, I kept seeing Shannon. I kept seeing my wife. I kept seeing the sweet face of my bride. It was the joke whenever we first, whenever I first got saved, I started going to these classes at Long Hollow, and she told me it was a small group, but she didn't tell me it was a marriage-focused small group. Amen? You can't disclose everything at once. But when we, when we got in there, when we got to that place, I realized pretty quickly it was marriage-focused. 
It wasn't long before I became the brunt of jokes like I am almost everywhere I go. But what they saw was the way that my wife served me and the, wife that, the way that my wife loved me. And, and for many years, even whenever I was doing things I shouldn't be doing and, and, and you know, it, it, I'm not going to go down that road, but that's my testimony. But I'm going to tell you what, my wife still loved me and she still served me. They would make fun of me in the small group. They, they would always make fun of the crushed ice because when we would come together in small group off campus and on campus, but, but in the off campus, a lot of times it was, it was at our house and there would be dozens of people at our house and, and they would see and Shannon would be serving me. She would bring stuff to me constantly, give me, give me all the stuff that I needed. And I'm telling you, it was just an amazing thing to watch and people were almost amazed by it. But they began to make fun of me because she would say things like, well, we got to make sure his, his ice is crushed because I loved crushed ice. But it was the joke. You know, I became the brunt of the joke. They were like, make sure his little ice is crushed. <laughs> and, and then they were, at, they were asking about dinner. And, and, and so then the joke, this wasn't real, but the joke was that I, that I always like my dinner at 530. <laughs> make sure that dinner's ready at 530. But I'm going to tell you, my wife always loved me, and she always showed me the love of God, even on my worst days. She believed in me in my worst days. She served me in my worst days. She loved me through my worst days. Not just when things were good. She loved me. She served me. She showed me who Jesus was. And it's because of that that I began to walk further and further to the arms of Jesus. And it wasn't long after that that I was radically transformed. And in one day, the Lord took everything off of me. All of the things that I had struggled with for so many years. Come on, praise the Lord. <laughs> and I've been sober and I've been clean. It's been over 13 years, amen? Over 13 years. But I want to tell you something. The bride of Christ, the bride... The bride, not just the bride of Christ, but the bride that just as Shannon illustrated with me is committed to her husband. When times are good and when times are bad, the bride is loving her husband. The bride serves her husband. The bride is devoted. And I want to tell you something. The two words are different. Committed and devoted are, are, are two different things. I feel like I could hear a pin drop in here. See, to be committed means that I am giving myself to you, but devoted means that I'm going to serve you and love you all the days of my life. I'm devoting my life to you. No matter what happens for good or bad, I am devoted. I am, I'm committed at the beginning, but I'm devoting myself in my efforts and my finances and the good days and the bad days. I'm devoting that we will be together. I am devoted to you all, every hour, every breath of every day for the rest of my life forever and ever. Amen. Devotion. The bride is devoted to her husband. She shares intimate thoughts and she dreams dreams with him. 
I want to tell you something, church. We've got to be, listen, our husband and wives, our, our marriages, we've got to be dreaming and loving each other and walking together closely. But if we're going to be the bride of Christ, we're going to have to continue to be intimate and share intimate thoughts with him because as his bride, he's going to speak to us and we're going to dream dreams and we're going to have visions. That's why in Acts 2 it says that the old men, that the young men would have vision and the old men would dream dreams. This is not going to be a church. We've walked in religion before. I've seen it for decades. I know what religion looks like, but we're walking in relationship in this church. The men of this church are not going to be here just to police or to make sure that things don't get out of hand or to make sure that we're going to stay in alignment. That, that, listen, we're not, we don't need police. We need de devoted and committed believers to be the bride of Christ and to step up and to walk with him. And listen, not just the women are going to see things. Not just the women are going to believe. Not just the women are going to have radical faith. But I'm talking about men, just like it says in Acts 2, that are going to believe and listen and walk in intimacy with the Father. And they're going to have visions. And the old men are going to dream dreams. And they're going to start speaking these things. And they're going to start saying, you know what? Not just the women now. The men are going to say, I feel like God is calling us to this. I feel like God is calling us to give this. I feel like that this is a radical place. But I hear God. God saying this, that's who the men of this church is going to be. Can I get a witness? We're not going back to religion. That's not where we're headed. God is taking us to a new place, the men and the women, and we're going to be the bride. We're going to hear, and we're going to be committed and devoted to serve him. And to love him and to share thoughts and to dream dreams with him in the coolness of the day. You know, when you hear Jesus say things like, I say what he says and I do what he does. Guys, that, that's who we are. Men and women of New Heights Church, that's who you are. God is about to set forth ministries in this church that are going to change the nation. God is about to set forth things in this church. There's going to be outlandish giving in this church. The spirit of generosity is about to hit this church in a way that's going to be like an atomic bomb that is going to change the atmosphere in this state and the entire nation. And I believe it from the every ounce of my being. I'm about to start walking and talking in the vision of God and I'm going to set forth to say yes and I will not sit down or be ashamed of the things that God tells me and I'm going to share them and we're going to experience God doing them and we're going to do it right here in this church Revelation 19 6 to 8 y'all turn there in your Bible It's time. Church, I want to hear I want you to hear this. It's time. It's time. Hey, can I share this before we read? Y'all can read it if you want to. It don't matter. We're gonna read it anyway. But y'all listen to this. That I'm I, I need help sometimes. I'm just gonna be the first one I'm gonna tell you. I, I need help. And sometimes I hear things. I hear things every day. I'm a hearer. I'm a seer. Like I I mean, I'm telling you, I but about four weeks ago, I told Shannon before our sabbatical and before these things happened, I told Shannon, I said, the Lord told me that I'm, I'm, that I'm getting new clothes. 
And I'm like, I guess I'm going to start wearing something different. Like I, I, I've been wearing button downs and jeans for a long time. Maybe there's something, there's something new that's coming. And she's like, no, dummy. He ain't talking about what you're wearing in the natural. I'm like, okay, I'll get back with you on that. And whenever she said it, though, I, I knew in my spirit she was right. But I was about to go down to, to S&K. I was going down to Men's Warehouse. I'm like, I'm going to step it up. I, I'm going to start wearing ties, and everybody's going to hate me. The Lord, I, was, I told her, I said, the Lord told me I'm, I'm getting new clothes. There's new, new clothes. And he told me that the clothes that I've been wearing are going to get me where, he's been, where, where we're going. So I'm thinking, like, I'm getting the whole new wardrobe. This is happening. Suit coats are coming. I'm already sweaty. This is going to be terrible. But look, look so this, and, and this is before he, re, he revealed in its totality this teaching. But I want to tell you something. It's time. Say that to your neighbor. It's time. It's time. The Lord is giving us new clothes. Look, look at what it says. Then I heard some, of something like a voice of a vast multitude, like the sound of cascading waters and the rumbling of loud thunder, saying, Hallelujah. Say that with me. Hallelujah. Because our Lord God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice in giving him glory because the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has prepared herself. She was given fine linen to wear, bright and pure. For the fine linen represents the righteous acts of the saints. Huh. Whew. Let's just stop for a minute and pray. Lord, I pray for revelation. That Lord, uh, and, and I, it doesn't say this, but I kept hearing this week as I was preparing the word adorn. Lord, I pray that we could adorn ourselves. Whew. Whew. And Lord, that we wouldn't adorn ourselves in the things at, at men's warehouse, Lord, that we would adorn ourselves, not even as it says in the book of Peter, First uh, Peter, that we don't adorn ourselves in gold and jewels and diamonds and, and silk. That's not what we're adorning ourselves in, but we are adorning ourselves in the things of the heavenlies. That we're adorning ourselves in you. Lord, I thank you that you have made a way and that when we understand what the bride looks like, that it breaks off every plan of the enemy. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. I, I want to tell you that before I preach this, before I go through this, and I want to tell you that what follows this in chapter 19 of Revelation is, is the, the beast and the armies are defeated. Satan is bound. The saints reign with Christ. The satanic rebellion is crushed. What comes directly after? Y'all listen to me, church. What comes directly after the bride of Christ adorns herself? What comes directly after the, the, the fine linens are given? And listen, she has an option to wear them. I don't know if you noticed or not, but it says that the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has prepared herself. Can I get a witness from the congregation? We have a choice. The bride must prepare herself. We have an option. We don't have to walk in the things of the bride. We don't have to walk in the things of the marriage supper. We don't have to say yes to the lamb. 
But we have an option to adorn ourselves. We can prepare ourselves. We can say yes to the things, the clothes of righteousness. It says right here at the end, it says that we prepared ourselves. And it says that she was given fine linen to wear bright and pure. And the fine linen represents the acts of the saints. Guys, this is, this is straight from the heavenlies. When we say yes to the preparation of the bride, when we say yes to the things of adorning ourselves, y'all listen to me, it breaks all of the plans of the enemy. When we commit ourselves to Jesus, when we commit ourselves, when we devote ourselves to God, when we fully commit and we love God with our whole hearts, when we say yes to healing and yes to salvation, when we say yes to God's plan in our lives, it breaks every plan of Satan in your life. Satan will be bound. His armies will be defeated. All of his plans will be spoiled. Listen, we will reign with Christ. Can I get a witness from the congregation? Huh? It's time to get new clothes. It's time to just put the two words, the bride. The bride. It's time to step into the new linens. It's time to clothe yourself because he is giving you new clothes. Guys, I want to tell you something. Whenever the bride knows who she is, when we walk in the things of the bride, uh, I want you to put this on the board. The bride knows the groom. The bride knows the groom. And, and listen to me, if you've been in church very long, you know that that word means intimacy. It, to, she knew him. She knew this man. It, it means that they were intimate together. Most of the time, it, it, right after that, they have children. Can I get a witness? To know the groom means that in the intimate places, and this, this isn't going down the wrong road, but y'all listen to me. Whenever we understand what it means to be the bride, the bride knows the groom. And when we know the heart of Jesus and we follow Jesus in the most intimate places of our lives, when we give up every place, there's no place and no space that is set off limits. Shannon even said it up here earlier. There's that point one, but we give him even the point one. Anybody? We give him even the point one. And, and the bride knows the groom. I'm going to tell you something. My wife has always, always trusted me as the financial provider. She's always trusted me with our visions of our, of our finance. Now, she has hit me over the head with a two-by-four a few times. I have bought some really stupid stuff. Amen. I've made some bad choices. And listen, we're going to make some bad choices. But I'm going to tell you something. She trusted me because she knew that I was going to do what is in our best interest. And as the bride of Christ, we are going to surrender in a way. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, he said, if anyone must, wants to come after me, he must first deny himself, pick up his cross daily and follow me. If anyone's going to come after me, and listen, if we're going to go after Jesus, we're, if we're going to know Jesus, we're going to have to first deny ourselves, we're no longer in control, and we're going to have to pick up our cross and follow him. It says in that scripture in Luke 9, 23, it says he said to them all. How many? All. He said to every one of us. He said to them all, if you're going to come after me, deny yourself. But he makes the decisions he is the head of this church. He is the head of the Big C Church. And just as the bride makes a home 
we too make a home for him. We create a space for him to dwell. Whenever I say the bride knows the groom, I want you to see this place where, you know, there's, there's no bride. I'm not going to say a sh- by a showing of hands, but there's no bride in this place that wants to have a messy home. There's no bride in this place that, that wants her husband to come home and hate where he lives. There's no bride in this place that wants to have a home that's a wreck. If you did, then you would invite people over and you wouldn't clean up anything. Amen? But that's who we are. We, we desire to make a home and, and to create environments for, our, for the groom, the bridegroom, to come to and to adorn ourselves with him. That's who we are. We know the groom. The last one I'm going to give you, and we're going to be done, is the bride re- represents the groom. Miss Colleen says that, re- that we represent, represent Jesus. But the bride represents the groom. That means that um, when Shannon got to um, when Shannon got to Oregon this week, it was funny, and I knew it was a, it was a God wink. But when she got there, they didn't have her name. They didn't have her name. She got all the way to Oregon. I'm talking about the other end of the the earth. Like this is the other end of the. She's like in another planet. But she gets all the way up there. She gets to the front desk where she checks in, and they're like, "We don't have you." Shannon Arthur, we don't have, but we do have a Brad Arthur. And that was good enough because she represents me. Because she's Mrs. Brad Arthur. See, we look alike, and I don't mean in the physical, but we look alike. When you see my wife, you see me. When you see me, you see my wife. When you see my wife walking down the road or at the grocery store or in the church, you automatically are reminded that, hey, that's Pastor Brad's wife. The, the bride represents, represents the groom. We look alike. We think alike. We talk alike. Our, our thoughts and our processes, our dreams and our visions, that's who we are. We are one. The bride represents the groom. And therefore, and you're going to see a lot of the foundation of the teachings that are coming in this. Because he is love, when people see you, that's what they see. As the bride of Christ, whenever they see me and they see you, they're going to see grace. They're going to see mercy. They're going to see generosity. When they see you, they're going to see kindness and they're going to see patience. They're going to see joy because that's who God is. Through Jesus, we have abundant joy. He has come that we would have life and have life abundantly. As the bride of Christ, listen to this. You're going to have peace. As the bride, we, we represent the groom, but that means we're married to the prince of... Come on, Mr. Loris. I love you. Because we have peace abundantly. We have peace. We represent the groom. We have peace that's past any understanding. That we're faithful, even when it doesn't even make sense. Y'all listen to this. We're faithful even when it doesn't make sense. 
That, that's who our God is. That's who Jesus is. He loves us. And listen, the blood of Jesus covers every imperfection in our lives, every imperfection in our children. He, 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 listen, the blood of Jesus covers every imperfection of the generations to come. And it doesn't make sense, but it's who he is. And we represent him. That we're faithful as, as, the, as the bride of Christ, that we will be faithful even when it doesn't make sense. That we'll sow seed even when it doesn't make sense. That we'll give even when it doesn't make sense. That we'll serve even when it doesn't make sense. That we'll go even when it doesn't make sense. That we'll be obedient even when it doesn't make sense. The faithfulness, because we're the bride of Christ, that's who we are because that's who he is. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to ask, if it, I don't know if our worship team's here. They might have already left. I'm surprised all y'all are still here. Y'all can laugh. It's okay. I don't even know what time it is. I really don't care. I could keep going for a long time. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, just bring Callie with you. Is there effects on this microphone? I feel like I'm talking into a Rick Sturgis. I am your father. Maybe. Now, <laughs> Ricky Sturgis. That's a bad, I should have never started that. I, I want to show you one verse before, as we leave. I want to tell you this. It's, it's a privilege and an honor to be your pastor. God has wrecked me over the last month. And, it, I mean it, and it's like being shot out of a cannon. But I promise you, as sure as I sit before you, I'm about to go for it in the name of Jesus. The world's never seen the bride of Christ. Like he's about to see it. The world's never experienced what the bride really looks like. But they're about to see it. The kingdom of God is about to be unlocked. In all the people, in every place, in this state, in this country, and in the world are going to know that God reigns. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. To be the bride of Christ is a privilege. To be your pastor is a privilege. To know the secrets to the kingdom of God and to understand and to have understanding in the heavenly realm, it is a privilege. And to pour myself out is an offering. The next verse in Revelation, there's one verse I'm going to share with you as we go. Revelation 19, verse 9. And then he said to me, John writes this, Write, blessed are those invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb. And he said to me, 
these words of God are true. Blessed is the one. And I just want you to just, if you would, just, just bow your head and close your eyes for a minute. And I want to give you a chance to respond this morning. And I'm going to tell you unapologetically, I'm going to ask you to respond this morning. I'm going to ask you to respond in a way that may seem uncomfortable, but that's exactly what it looks like. When the marriage comes, it's, there's these butterflies that come when you understand the commitment that's about to happen as you walk down the aisle. And I want to tell you that what I heard the Lord say about this morning is that the commitment level is about to rise. And maybe this morning when you came in, you didn't fully understand what it meant to be the bride of Christ. But revelation has come to your house. When you hear the bride and you hear Jesus describe who the bride is, you know in your heart of hearts that he's talking to you. And you know that there's places that you haven't fully committed. You know that there's places that you haven't fully surrendered. And, and, and Jesus is saying, come to me, child. It's time to clothe yourself in fine linens. It's time to say yes to being devoted. It's time to say yes to the things of God and to devote and to commit yourself to walk with Him every moment of every day from here forevermore. Amen. If that's you this morning, I need you to stand to your feet. If you today are committing yourself and you want to, and you say yes, and you know that you're supposed to commit yourself, you know, listen, there's places and, and you got to move your feet. You can't come to the marriage supper without moving your feet. It says, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage. Blessed are those who are invited to the feast. Blessed are those who say yes to the lamb. He said to me, these words of God are true. So, Lord, I thank you for the marriage. Lord, I thank you for the feast. Lord, I thank you that each and every one of the believers that are standing up, some for the first time, Lord, I thank you for the commitment of them. Lord, I thank you that they are saying yes to you. Lord, I thank you that you are changing the commitment level, not only in this church, but in your church. Lord, I thank you that Jesus is the head. Father, we thank you for the bridegroom. We thank you, Lord, that when we devote ourselves, that we will experience all the provision and the protection of being the bride. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. I'm going to ask our, our, our prayer team to come. And as she plays, as, as she plays this morning, if you need prayer for any reason, maybe